Aaron says, relax. It's Frankie Goes to Hollywood on R. Sinclair 79. Hi, everybody. Welcome to R. Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Mm, now, Aaron, indeed. when are you most relaxed? I'm pretty relaxed most of the time, if, you, if I'm mm -hmm. honest. I try not to get, uh, you know, too fired up about stuff. On the flip side, I'm incredibly excitable. But my thing <laughs> is, I, start, I mean, it's I am a walking kind of bit. What I like to do is I kind of like to keep a low key, right? But when I see mm -hmm. something I can't believe, which is a lot, that's when I just go crazy because I've got right. all that energy bottled up. I'm just ready to explode. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm most relaxed probably during these shows, you know, because everything <laughs> if everything moves really? so smoothly. We never have any technical difficulties. Nah. You know how I am when we're in the recording process, especially if I'm the one in charge of production. I'm as smooth and low key as you can get. <laughs> That's most of the time when I have to say relax, that's when. That's when I do say relax. <laughs> but I really, you know, uh, listen, we, we play the hand we're dealt, Boatster. Like today, for example, we were going to get together and shoot this show, but then a blizzard happened, and we thought, well, heck, yeah. let's do it remote. And so here we are. So here we are with Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Aaron. Now, this is I have a feeling that you've done you've done a little bit of back study not only on the game but on the subject of the game, haven't you, Aaron? Well, you know when when you do it one of these games that's based on a band, you can't phone it in, right? Now I don't know no. about you, and before we get into the game proper, we might as well just uh, address this. Were you? I mean, I Frankie was the Hollywood were out pretty much. Before, you were pretty young, right, when they came around. Oh, yeah. How yeah. old were you in the eight or mid eighties? Well, yeah, I think I think relax. Uh, you know, I think it was recorded in eighty four in its initial form, and then you know went through all those changes. I think it was released in eighty five. Right. I was four. I was right. four. See, so there you go. <laughs> and I will say, if you look at the years that Frankie Goes to Hollywood was active as a band, and I mean the first go around, because much like every band, they all got they all came back around. You know, yeah. to, to have another run. For more cash. But their initial run only ran, they really only ran for seven years in the 80s, from 80 mm -hmm. to 87. And so uh, even your good buddy A here, heck, uh, in eight, 1980, I was only nine. So that's, that's a while <laughs> back, you know. But let's get into talking about the band before we actually talk about the band's uh, game. So Frankie goes to Hollywood Boat. You know, they're out of Liverpool, uh, yeah. uh, believe it or not. Yeah, who'd have thunk it, right? I mentioned that they were they were really around from eighty to eighty seven, uh, and I'm good. A lot of this I'm quoting from a couple of music sites and from Wiki. Uh, they, Wiki cites them as a English synth pop band. It's your favorite, isn't it, Bode? Well, uh, you, you know, th this is, and, and we're going to talk about this as we get into more of the history because I'm going to be interjecting because I've also done some back channel research. Very good on, uh, on Frankie. Um, you know what I call them a synth pop band. Maybe, but they 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 sort of were one of these these bands that were that were sort of on the cusp of something new, as, as we'll talk about. So sort yeah, like synth pop. A, okay, let's go with sort it. of like. Let's, I mean, uh, listen, I put these guys and now these guys. When I say this, I I realize there's a huge gap here, but I put these guys in that area of like say the Pet Shop Boys, Pet Shop Boys, the Pesh Mode. Well, yeah, um, exactly. They're yeah. like, but it's and it's funny to think about because let's. Well, I should talk about the lineup here. So you've got. 
the lead vocals was Holly Johnson, uh, Paul Rutherford for background, Peter Gill drums, and Mark O'Toole bass, Brian Nash guitar. Those were, Have you ever heard of another group. man called Holly before? Uh, I know I have, but I don't remember. I couldn't sit here and tell uh, that you was the, That was new for me. I, I, at yeah. first, I thought maybe Holly was a girl, but it's not. It's a dude. So this here they come. In 83, the single Relax uh, comes in, okay? Now, this is the song. Now, I noticed that in in, uh, uh, in the UK, they had other songs that were like big hits. Mm-hmm. But I Keep honestly, trying. I could not tell you the other songs. This is the song. When I, if, if someone said, Frankie goes to Hollywood, how many songs did I have? This is the one. I couldn't yeah. tell you the other well, one. Well, this, this is the first video I ever remember seeing on MTV. Yeah. Um, you know, every once in a while, because I think we've talked about this before. As a child, I was sort of scared of MTV. Uh, you know, I, no, I would. No, we haven't it. talked about that. What? <laughs> Why? I would come, well, it's because, you know, I would come upon it in the, ch- in the, in the channel lineup and there would be frightening images on there. You know, people with yeah. long hair, um, you know, thrashing about flashing lights. And I'll tell you this, Aaron, as a young lad, watching this video did nothing to allay my fears of this channel. If you've watched the video of, of, of this, of this, of Relax, it is not something that you, I would feel comfortable exposing a small child to. I don't, you know, I don't, I only vaguely recall the video. What, what was going well, on in it? Well, the, the, I will tell you this. There's a lot of leather. Yeah. There's a lot of fishnets. Isn't and there's like a, a guy. Or a, or a, at a there's a guy or dressed, something? There's a fat guy dressed in a toga. Yeah. At one point, he strips off the toga and yeah. he emits some liquid from his body onto the writhing mass of other bodies on the dance floor. Huh? He did some. Yeah. Uh, he did some uh, Gigi Allen action there. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I will say this as a as a sort of a hefty fellow. There's nothing better than wearing the toga around. You well, know? it is. It's sort of a freeing garment. It is absolutely. The Brent's been known to don a toga as well. The one I remember, they did a video. I think this was them, and you stopped me, and someone can stop me if I'm wrong. I believe they had a video where I think it was Gorbachev and Reagan were in a fight pit. That is they, that is their second. That that's them? the song. That's the song that you think that doesn't exist. That's the video for Two Tribes. Two. I didn't say it didn't exist. That's I didn't remember the song, but I remember the video. Yeah. Because the well, video I think was awesome. tells you a lot about yeah. the song. Yeah. So, th- so when Relax came out, and if you've ever heard Relax, you'll understand why I think. Uh, it was banned by the BBC. Uh, yeah. it was never one of the last songs on the, to be yeah. banned. One of the last high-profile songs to be banned by the BBC. Now, it has some lyrics that I would say are, uh, uh, even today would be, I don't know, today now people just openly say whatever they want in a song. Right. But right. you wouldn't hear yeah. it. But, today they're know. incredibly tame. But, but at the time, they were, they were very direct. Uh, I would yeah. say suggestive. Yeah. Um, and of yeah. course, at the time, they're like, it's totally not about getting it on. And yeah. then when they released their album in the liner notes, they were like, yeah, it's totally about getting it on. You mean so. like making a whoopee? That's what, whenever right. you say getting it on, that's what I think of is the old, <laughs> the old thing from the 70s. So, <laughs> what, what, in this, uh, this song, for, uh, Relax, that spawned these t shirts. All right, let's get into mm-hmm. this boat. These Frankie says relax t shirts. Now, again, uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, that song was a big hit, even here. Okay, but. Yeah. Those T-shirts really were everywhere. I remember seeing now, them. Now were school. they? Because this uh, this is something that I did not see because I was so young. So when yeah. you were bebopping around Hurricane Middle School, you saw these shirts everywhere. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yes. And you know what it reminded me of? Remember the shirts that the Wham guys wore? Uh, I'm trying to get the big famous shirt. Uh, 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 
You know what I'm mm. talking about. When Wham, no. when Wham was I mean, around, I know who Wham is. I didn't know they had apparel. Oh, yeah. When Wham was around, they had a white T-shirt with lettering on it, too. I'm trying to think what, the, what it said. But it's Do another one. Do you think that they there. got that idea from Frankie? Probably, if you want the truth. Mm. It's a good yeah. angle. Why not sell a few yeah. shirts on top of everything else? So, as Boat mentioned, uh, uh, they had a couple other songs. 83 through 85 were their big years. Uh, in 1985... They uh, uh, relax won the Brit Award for the best British single. Uh, their debut album, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, was number one in the UK in 1984. Uh, the follow up songs, Two Tribes and the Power of Love, it's not that one, right? Not that one. But not the one they from became, the Karate Kid. Now, get this boat. You're going to love this. I'm gonna, it's a trivia question. You may have read this. They became the only, the only the second act in history of UK charts to reach number one with their first three singles. Now, the other act was also from Liverpool. Okay, did yeah. you read this? Do you know who they the, are? The, well, of course, it's the Fab Four. No, it's um, not. <laughs> it's not? No, what? it's G- Jerry and the Pacemakers in the 60s. Really? Yeah. Holy cow. I, what's, I knew I'd get you on that boat. I couldn't oh. believe that. They That record was unbeaten until another uh, wacky act came around. The Spice Girls beat it with six straight. Uh, were they also ones. from Liverpool? No, they were from okay. all over the place. Uh, <laughs> they won the British uh, the Brit Award for the Breakthrough Act in '85. They received a, a Grammy Award and an MTV Video Award nomination for Best New Artist. Right? They got all courts. I mean, I'm not gonna get there's a now, laundry I'll, list I'll, of awards. I'll tell you. I'll tell you some interesting things about Relax. Relax was recorded originally. There was a demo tape of Relax. That I that that found its way into record producer Trevor Horn's hands. You know, Trevor Horn, famous from uh, the Buggles. You know, video killed the radio star. But before that, that, he was he was he was famous for ruining Yes. Um, he took Yes from being a, a great band into a band that sounded like every other band from the 80s. Uh, but he was, you know, he made tons and tons of money producing records in the 80s. And uh, what happened was he heard this demo and he's like, well, we should record this. He gets them in the studio and it turns out that they'd had personnel changes. Their guitarist had left and the guy that was playing guitar couldn't play guitar. He was a novice guitar player. So why he was allowed into the band is sort of beyond me. But anyway, what he did was <laughs> he, he said, problem. OK. You guys can go. And he he got rid of the band. He produced this was the first all digital single ever released where there were you know no quote unquote real instruments were played. Everything was generated electronically. Uh none of the band members apart from the lead singer actually perform on the record. So we're entering the brave new world of uh, you know musicians who are not really musicians uh, getting into the act and, and you know producing one of the biggest singles of all time and of course this is the dawn of the Euro dance trash movement that I'm such a fan of so in oh, a way man. this 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 sort of you know cultural anglophile that I am there are some things that we can look at the UK and sort of shake our heads at being first in line uh, at, the, at the slaughterhouse and that's when they introduced you know EDM to the world through songs like relax very good now you know what happens you've got this big this happens a lot you've got a huge debut album vote it's huge it's huge brother you put your heart and soul into that sucker right you get all this wad you get all this notoriety there's awards you got chicks dripping all over your guys whatever you're after and then it's time to produce that second album yeah right and so you used up a lot of your good stuff uh vote on that first one plus 
the band changed, all the crazy stuff you mentioned is going on. You got tons of money, so the drive may not necessarily be there like yeah. it was at first. And so it was time to produce the second album. And the, the, in August of 86, the uh, new single, Rage Hard, came out. <laughs> not what you, Is this from a guy that said, relax? Not what you Rage Hard. It hit number four in the UK. And it and then uh, it the album was released in '86. It hit number five, and then it was it was pretty much a nosedive city after that. And you know, then it's hard to it's hard to really blame Frankie or any band. Some bands, you know, you're lucky if you get a breakthrough song, and if you yeah. if, if that single produces an album that's generally well regarded. If you've got one good album in you, that's one more than 99% of the population. Right. Yeah. So, and you, and plus I, it's a, it's a crap shoot, isn't it? A lot of times. Right. right. You know? It is. I mean, timing has so much to do with everything. You never know how the tastes had moved on and then, you know, the two years since the first one or whatever. So, right. um, you know, I, I never blame a band for, for going into the sophomore slot. Nah, no, uh, it's, it's sort of a miracle when you have a group like the Beatles, that's able to consistently make, you know, great records for, for seven or eight or nine years. So, or get um, better. You, that's what the real estate yeah, thing is. Yeah. You, 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 you feel bad for Frankie and you hope, that they were able to sort of collect on, you know, their um, the their monetary rewards through that first re- record and sort of cruise on through the rest of the 80s and 90s, all the way up until the reunion tour, in which case, you know, they refill the coffers. Well, I will say, uh, I, and I'm not going to get deep into this, but what, what always happens, right? Infighting, people want solo albums, uh, right. people fight over the name of the band, the materials, the whole mm-hmm. nine yards. It all happened to poor Frankie and his boys. That's and- right. They pretty much nosed dove in about 87. Then they came back with, for sort of some ill-advised tours, 2007 or something like that. They tried to get back together, and there was things over the name. It was a disaster, and so that was that. So Frankie Goes to Hollywood's one of those bands who was just a flash. They came out of nowhere. They took the world by storm, and then they just just as quickly they went away. When you're a, when you're a uh, band like that, Boat, uh, a special band, and you're in the U.K., You've got to, got to get you a video game, brother, right? <laughs> and Frankie Goes to Hollywood had to get one. Now, I will say, just as a frame of reference, to show you about the... This is what I love about the UK game scene. I was looking at ads for this, and they were pitching this, and right above the right above the Frankie Goes to Hollywood ad in the magazine, same company, same outfit, same set of ads. They were like, listen, coming out soon. It's Street Hawk, the show of the decade. <laughs> like, throughout the... And that show had, what, about six episodes in the States and died. died. So poor Frankie got second billing to Street Hawk in his ad, I saw. But, by God, he still got a game. And it's Frankie Goes to Hollywood, the game. Now, was Street Hawk where the guy was actually the motorcycle? No, Street Hawk was a motorcycle with a guy on it, but the motorcycle could fly. He spun it around in circles real quick and could hover. It also had missiles, all that crap. So, uh... Released in the uh, Clarion year of 85, their big year, 48K uh, game. Uh, original price on this one, Boatster, uh, £9.95p. Mm-hmm. Uh, also available for the Amstrad CBC and the C64. We'll take a little look at C64 later. Uh, this now, was the, this was developed by, or, you know, the, 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 the whole thinking behind this was ZZT. Uh, or ZZT, I'm sure they're known in the UK. And this was Trevor Horn and his associates uh, really looking into the what they what they thought was the future. In which case, you know, you have because of the MTV, because of mixed media, because of you know vertical synergy, you could have 
a single, an album, a band, a tour, and where do you go from there? Well, of course you branch out into multimedia. And so you've got things like video games. And this was a plan that they had all the way up until the first release of <laughs> their first video game, frankly, is Hollywood. And then I think this was the, the last effort by ZZT Gaming. But, uh, you know, but eventually, yeah. you know, they, they pictured, you know, I was reading an article about the, you know, the way that they were, the way that they thought about these acts that they were bringing on. You know, they'd say, well, you know, we're bringing you on as a musical act, but you're going to be, it's, it, they were sort of ahead of the multimedia curve by about 10 years or 15 years. It is a clever way to think about things, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Boat. And yeah, you know, but again, that's also, they happen to, because, well, we'll get to, but it's not like they put out a complete dud or anything. I mean, it's just a band no, fizzled no. on them. Um, this was developed uh, by an outfit called Denton Designs. Now, Denton Designs, we've we've covered them before. They've done a lot of stuff. I just grabbed a few things they've done, including uh, Transformers, The Great Escape, uh, Where Time Stood Still. Uh, they were around from 85 to 94, producing stuff for uh, the ZX Spectrum, the Amiga. They had a long run. Uh there were really three people that worked on this. I believe uh, Karen Davies was the lady that did the art for the loading screen. Uh, she did a ton of stuff, including Batman, Enigma Force, Firefly, Galavan, Hysteria, and Quantum. I think this thing was programmed by Roy Gibson and John Gibson. Uh, Roy did, I love this one, Boat, Cosmic War Toad. We got to look into that. Oh, man. A Highlander. Club for that. <laughs> yeah, Highlander leaderboard, leaderboard tournament, which I've heard both are the worst possible leaderboard games you could play. <laughs> and Nomad. And then John did Airborne Ranger, uh, Cosmic War Toad again, uh, Galavon, and Gift from the Gods. They did a bunch of stuff there at the Denton. Uh, and so that would, those are the guys behind it. Um, the uh, cover for the tape was Bob Wakelin, you know. So he, they he did a ton of stuff. Wasn't yeah, he, he responsible for a lot of the the crash covers too? Was is he that the a lot same of, guy? He was a he was a big art guy. I think it was mm-hmm. Bode. So here we come to the hardest part of the show, Bode. Talking about this game, we've put off for a while now <laughs> because this game is. I will say one thing about the Frankie Goes to Hollywood game. I've never played a game before or since like the Frankie Goes to Hollywood game, Bode. Uh, I'm going to read the description that I just copied, and then we'll, and then we'll see what we think of it here. So, Oh, uh, and, and uh, Hermsky mentions that Oliver Frey is the guy I'm thinking of. They did all the crash covers. Sorry there you about go. that. I think Bob Wakeham did, like, album covers, actually, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, here we go. Playing a thoroughly drab, mundane, and predictable character, your aim is to become interesting enough to reach the Pleasure Dome. Which That's this sounds like the story game, of my life, right there. Uh, <laughs> after discovering a gruesome murder, your interest in something greater than the routine of '80s Liverpool is awoken. You explore the streets and house and search for a way out. The main basis of the game involves picking up objects and using them in the correct way. That we have seen before. Uh, there are several sub games along the way, including shoot 'em ups, a maze, and a jigsaw puzzle boat. Mm-hmm. So, boat, I'm gonna, you know. I'm going to give you the first crack at it, brother. What explain this one to the people, Boat? Okay. Well, I mean, at the at the very top level, if you if if you were if you were to try and explain this to somebody, I would say this is a um, sort of a uh, adventure. I would call this an adventure game 
with uh, mini game elements. It's a point and click adventure game without the point and click. Uh, in the in the grand tradition of games like Dizzy, uh, where you move about an area and you collect items, uh, but you do it through actually picking them up. Uh, this is also like uh, the game that we. Uh, oh, I can't remember what was the game, the Wally game that we played, where you wake up and you got to get out of your dreams. You collect the items. Man, it's we it's played even... a lot of games with that. There's a lot yeah. of these games where you've got to pick stuff up and use it in the right spot. That now that we've seen in on the spectrum right. many times. Now, where this game is different is that you uh, you know throughout various points of the game, uh, these I. What what would you call them? Warp zones? You know, they're almost like portals to another dimension will open. It's a very unique effect in that, you know, you have these squares that, that open up in these environments, you know, and you're walking around what, like you said, is essentially a, uh, you know, typical 80s uh, suburban English environment. You've got these rows of, uh, of connected houses, you know, these semi-detached houses, I think is what they're called. And, uh, and you, you, you enter and exit through doors. The interiors of these houses all look the same. And I'm sure that was done, uh, because, you know, it's all about how the, the suburbia is all just sort of cookie cutter houses and all these things. But then, you know, you enter these different rooms, living room, you know, there's kitchens, things like that. And these these portals open up and they take you into these mini games. And it's not like the, you, the portal opens up and you're just warped there. You actually, you walk in front of the portal, the portal closes up behind you and then boom, you're in the game. That's cool. That's a really, really yeah. cool effect because it does yeah, seem like you're in Alice in Wonderland and you're going through the looking glass. Yeah, I agree so, with that. Uh, now, what you do from there is that you either complete the mini game, or what I did a lot of the time was shut off the game in frustration because I couldn't figure out how to complete the mini game <laughs> or how to exit the mini game. And then you start over and you and you keep on doing it. And you and and throughout the game, you collect items, you collect different sorts of um. Well, there there's 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 items, and then there's also uh, I guess are they called like uh pills? Are they all pills like pleasure They're pill? Well, power pill. See that here's the you may not even know this, and I wouldn't have known it if I hadn't read some stuff and watched it. There's, there's four on the screen at all times. There are four different like bars, like on a bar yeah, chart. Yeah, you see, you've got you've got four. You uh, it, it, to picture the screen if you're listening to the audio version of this. You've got the the main screen which takes up the the two thirds of the screen, and then the the right third vertically. Uh, separated out. This is this is one of the rare games with a vertically oriented hood and a HUD instead of a horizontally one. You've got four bars, and it's a it looks like a um, I don't know like the reload button on a web browser. Uh, you've got a uh, prophylactic, uh, a heart, and a cross. <laughs> it means it's love. I think it's health. It's uh, uh, faith. Uh, there's another, and I'm trying to get the other two are like one's love and one's like sexuality, basically. I think so, something like that, lust or something like that. And you're what you're trying to do is you have to get these gauges to certain heights before you can advance to certain points in the game. Okay, and so uh, you will collect stuff and solve puzzles and, and or do certain things, and when you do them, they will affect those certain bars because you've got to get mm -hmm. these things to a certain height. Before you can get into the game. Now, <clears throat> I will tell you, uh, I didn't get them very far, uh, but I did get, I did make some progress. 
it's funny as you go to this game, whenever you do something good or bad, you'll get a message that says you're something percent human, right? Uh, a real uh, person. A real person. That's right. And I got up to like twenty seven percent real person, which I was pretty happy with that. I don't know. How I far feel you like got. that that echoes my way in in, in real life, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. This game, it's hard to explain. Okay, I know yeah. it's hard to play. Let's talk about. Let's boil it down. The graphics on this are are pretty good. You do get a a good swath of like rooms and stuff. I did watch a playthrough to see a guy get further along so I could see what someone toward the end of the game does. They do a good job. Think impossible mission looking guy, but much, but you know, like a lower, you know, lower frame rate version. Right. It's a yeah. That, that's an excellent way to. That's an excellent comparison. It's a think impossible mission, uh, but you have a much wider variety of environments that yeah. you're that you're 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 tooling around in. Uh, this game takes place. Uh, you know, the, the, you've got you've really got three zones. You've got the 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 residential area. You've got the mini game area, and then you've got this like th- a first person perspective maze area. Because who doesn't love the old three D maze, right? Everyone hates and, those. Yeah, yeah, and I believe that those are called like the corridors of power or something like that. And so you've got to, and you know, the the problem that I have with this game is that there's really it's really difficult to tell if you're making progress other than just watching the bars go up. Like there's 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 no intermediaries between like you've started playing the game and you've beaten the game. Like if you watch the whole playthrough, you're 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 going around, you're using items on other items, you're increasing all of your bars. And I guess that's that's really but if you read the docs, it says there's also a murder. It's like there's there's been a murder that you have to solve. Right. I, I never saw where that that actually entered the game. And, and you'll cover call. Did you actually were you able to use any of the items to do anything? I could unlock doors. I did uh-huh. that. I could put the disc in the computer. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, a lot of this game is exploring. And it, yeah. and and getting back to the basics of this thing, the control on the guy, you've got the usual control uh choices on the spectrum and but so i just play with a joystick like you normally would and and basically when you hit a button and move the joystick you're basically manipulating the guy's arm up and down it's very strange well i i understand that they wanted to make it they they didn't want it to be a point and click game and they didn't want it to be a dizzy game where you just go to the item and you press your button and you pick it up what they should have done was one of those two things. Right, <laughs> instead yeah, of what they say, did. Because both those are better. <laughs> yeah. But you explore a lot as you go to the house. Like, for example, if you come to like any sort of chest of drawers or, or a kitchen drawers or anything, you can open up and you can it'll show you what's in there. Sometimes you'll find, like, I mean, I've found all kinds of stuff, floppy disks and rings and pills and mm-hmm. uh, 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 stuff like the keys. And you'll go through and find this stuff and you can grab it. And then you can use it sometimes. Like, for example, some stuff you can use whenever you want, like pills. Some stuff you were only are situational. And if you use them all, you're boned, okay? Right. Or you have to go back and sometimes they'll respawn. But I think there are a few things that have a limit because I'd find them over and over. And I'd wager it was like that in case you screwed up and used right. one accidentally. Right. Well, I, I do think this is a game, first of all, we you know, I think we've mentioned this before, but this is totally unlike any other video game I've ever played. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of another game that's like this. Um, and 
the I like the fact there are a couple things that I really like. One, I think it's impossible to die. I, I never reached game over playing Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Two, uh, the items do respawn. Like if you screw up and you drop something, it's gone forever, but you can go back and you can get it again. Right. Do you, um, did you find a, a reason why you wouldn't want to take all the pills immediately all the time? Well, yes. There, for example, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of why. Uh, so some of the pills will increase your heart, for example, or your, or your faith. If you like, I want in the kitchen to the far left. There's a door. You can unlock that door and go in. When you go in there, you're in this thing called the war room. Okay, mm-hmm. now that sounds cooler than it is. The word war. This is the strangest. Did you go in that room at all? Well, the, I mean, this is the room that says war, right? That's right. And then, yeah. So, so what happens in the war room is stuff shoots out of the word war, which that doesn't sound too bad. But in between that. There's all kinds of insane windows popping up left and right, showing you all kinds of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is, uh, bizarre. it's a very surreal. Yeah. It's a very, it's very surreal. You can surreal. tell these guys that made this game, they were given carte blanche to be as odd as they wanted to be. Yeah. Um, this is the type of game that when you go to the, the <laughs> museum, like the, when you go to, if you go to New York and you go to like the museum of modern art, uh, and, and you go to like one of these exhibits that includes like a video game component, this would be the kind of video game that I'd expect to find attached to a modern art exhibit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I can't tell. Like sometimes, let's say Prince. I'm trying to think of another kind of an oddball artist. Right? Prince mm-hmm. makes a game, which he did have one. You would expect certain imagery and stuff in there to kind of Prince it up a little bit or Lady Gaga or something. And you would, but a lot of it would probably just kind of be window dressing. You know, this right here, I think I get this feeling that they weren't just making crap up. Like they had something in their minds. I don't know if the band. Well, I, I think any what, what happened with, and I think a lot of this was probably Trevor Horn because you know he 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 knew. I, you know, for, you know, I, I, I was sort of speaking tongue in cheek when I talked about how he ruined yes and all this stuff. He was, he was a real genius when it came to knowing what kind of music the people wanted in the, in the early to mid eighties. And they wanted exactly what, what he gave them. And he was also, I I think that he was forward thinking in that he saw like, okay, Led Zeppelin, they've got those four symbols, right? The Zoso, the other thing. Well, you know, Frankie should have the four symbols too. And that was sort of the trademark, you know? They had the logo, the guy doing the the dap. That was, I think that was the first instance of the guy doing the dap. And then there was, and then there were, and then you had the the four symbols. So you're right. This isn't like, um, you know, like you're doing a side scrolling platformer and there's like the Prince like logo, you know, this is, this is deeper than that. This and I also don't think this is some kind of David Lynch baloney. Where some well, I think it's a little along. bit of that. No, I don't. Well, I mean, I think they were they had a goal in mind. Now it is it is Lynchian. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, getting back to your question about why would you not take all the pills at once? When you go in that room, if you get you could get hit by these falling symbols, and it lowers various stats on your chart depending on uh, what you get hit with, and so. You, those pills are nice to have handy to you know to, to juice your stats back up. But if you use them all at once, you won't have anything left there to you know when you go in there because you could hit zero, and when that happens, you're ejected from that room. You're sort of back in the hall, and you're down to nothing. So that's a good time where you can load back up. So that's and again, I'm doing the best I can here to explain mm-hmm. that. Sure. Um, something else you got to get used to in this. There's really two things: the inventory 
and the way you actually go in and out of doors. This took me a little while to get used to. I was actually playing this on Discord last night while I was talking to fellas, and I'd played it a little bit before that. I'd played a, a, earlier in the week, but I was like cussing and cussing. They were like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I can't get in the door because there's a special, and you once you learn it, you're okay, but there's a special sort of a tap, at like a right tap with the button, and then your guy will turn his whole torso towards the door. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you what know. you got to do in the in the uh, the the, the docks uh, sum it up beautifully. They say, give it a quick stab in the other direction. Yeah, I, the docks <laughs> didn't help me that much. I, I had them open. I was like, what? I don't know what to do. And and the same thing with it with your inventory. You can sort of like access it by like mm-hmm. I don't believe it's tapping down, hit that down mm-hmm. in the button. Uh, and you can access. And the inventory is okay. It's I mean it's as simple as it gets. But still, we've seen much worse. But, of course, you've got an inventory full of crap you don't know what to do anything with. Mm-hmm. Uh, this reminded me of a game like a, like maybe like a trap door or something where you just run around with all these items. And But, I mean, this is a lot more low-key, but it's a lot wackier. But it's just another game where you take stuff and try to make it do other stuff. But this game I found uh, uh, so bizarre that I had no idea what I was doing, and so I had no idea what the goal was of this stuff. Right, and, and I, I think that depending on the kind of person you are, that can be a good thing or a bad thing. I think, you know, as, <laughs> as a kid, if you, uh, first of all, this I, I'm not sure who this game was marketed to. I mean, you know, it, it seems like a game where you pop pills, you know, and you've got a lust meter that, uh, you know, I don't know if, if that's, you know, if, if you're, are you targeting, you know, the, the, the prepubescent set? Uh, this was a full price game. It wasn't a budget title. Um, you know, I think that they were going after an older market and they were going after a market that wasn't necessarily into your quote unquote normal gaming experience. They wanted something different. And as you can see, you know, we'll talk about the reviews in, in just a second, but the, the reviews, this game reviewed extremely well because it did offer you something that was not on offer pretty much anywhere else. You know, part of me wants to just destroy this game, okay? But part of me really respects this game, okay? And and, and I can see why it reviewed well, just like you said. and It's because it is, it is real outside-the-box uh, gaming. And you're right. It's a game that you you could pick up and play for a long time and get into and and uh, uh, explore and try to figure out just because there's a, there's something fun. I will say when I first started this game, I hated it, but the more I played it, the more it grew on me. Just because I was managing to get places and to figure stuff out and get better with the controls. I so yes, I think if you played this long enough, it would grow on you. And, I, and the menus popping out, the way the uh, scenes change, it's very eye catching. You know, and I'm sure if you get deep into the game and really start unlocking its secrets, it gets a lot more fun, Boat. But, you know, it's not for everyone. There's no doubt about that because (laughs) I'm not sure, like you said, I don't know who it's for. There's there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games where the the more time you spend with it, the more you get out of it. I'm not 100% sure this is one of those games. <laughs> I think that, because if you watch this all the way to the end, if you watch the playthrough all the way to the end, you never get to see the Pleasure Dome. I mean, uh, it says, congratulations, you made it to the Pleasure Dome, but that's it, the screen just freezes. Uh, and then I think it says, that it's like, now go outside and be a real boy or something like that. And it's it's a bizarre ending to a bizarre game. And I don't think anybody, you know, played this game necessarily to get to the end. I think they played it just because it was bizarre, surreal, and maybe the perfect thing. You know, you fire up, you know, welcome to the Pleasure Dome, and uh, and you just sort of you just sort of play. 
Did you, I will say did, that at the beginning of this game, you do get the rendition, the uh, the the 128k beeper. Or no, I guess it's not 128k; it's 48k. I believe at yeah. the beginning of this game, you do get the relaxed theme, don't you? You get you get a song, yeah. Um, I should. We also should. We would be remiss without mentioning that this game, when you bought it, came with the tape. It came right. with relax on tape, and it was a special live remix of the song. So you actually got two tapes for this game. In fact, the instructions clearly state. Don't put the song tape in the machine. Don't put it in there. That won't work. It's it's a, it's its own song. So that's kind of cool. That was a, kind of a neat angle to use mm-hmm. uh, on the game. You know, I, this one's tough. I guess we we should talk. Not, uh, we, we, didn't, we, we didn't mention the mini games. Well, we I was going to ask you, what did you? How many did you get to? So I we're, think we're watching like this one right now. Yeah. This one right now, I could never beat. I could never beat the one where I knew that you had to get the heart into the into the sparks, you know, yeah. into the electrical field. But I would do that over and over again, and I couldn't get the door to open up. So I found that to be extremely frustrating. You also play a game where you're it's sort of like a World War II Battle of Britain type thing where you've got, you know, what I assume to be the German planes invading and you've got to shoot them down. Uh, you've got it sort of reminds me of Tommy in a way you know how Tommy had that sort of like hazy memory of the war type thing going on yeah um, you've got a game where you play uh, there's like Reagan versus Gorbachev and you've got in they're both firing projectiles out of their mouths with a yes. row of hearts in between yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the games are just they're 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 bizarre like the rest of the game they're bizarre the war game is one in there where again it just randomly shoots uh, different symbols out, but also oh. in between the shooting it it just shows random cutscenes. There's, there's also there- there's also a game where you've got uh, potholes that you fall into and they will spit you out in various places. That seemed to be completely random, and even on the playthrough, the guy has to play it for twenty minutes, and I'm fully convinced that he was only able to beat it because he randomly came upon the correct exit path. I, I mean. Got- yeah, I got to this area where it zoomed in, and I was in this room with like a big central wall, and I had mm-hmm. no idea what to do. I was mm-hmm. complete, I, and I didn't even know how to just leave the room. Right, I was like, "What is this?" Uh, I, I also got to I got to an area where I would walk, take a step, and it would open this window up that had a game in it, but I couldn't play the game, so I don't know what was going on there. It's weird. Did we mention that? <laughs> right. But I, I'll right. tell you something. Some people loved it. And let's get into that boat. All right. So the reviews on this game were were there were a ton, but the ones that were there were glowing. Crash gave this a ninety four percent boat. Uh, Sinclair user. Now I got, it's funny. I got I found two different web pages with two different reviews from the July of nineteen eighty five Sinclair user. One says they gave it a four out of five, and one says they gave it a five out of five. Hmm. ZX Computing. Gave this a six out of six, which that's an interesting scale to have anyway. This one, the Happy Computer, uh, number six best game of 1985 readers vote. The Computer uh, Game Award second place for Game of the Year of 85. It got a Crash Smash and a Sinclair User Classic uh, vote. Did we get any Discord action on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to lead things off with Batman, Aaron. Batman liked this one. Uh, he says, I remember getting this on the fabulous Ocean compilation, The Magnificent Seven. I actually have that. Uh, and finding it completely weird and at the same time utterly compelling. Solve yes. a murder, shoot at Margaret Thatcher on a target range, stop German bombers from bombing Liverpool during the Blitz, collect pills and re- that reduce your pain, disappear down a sea of holes, the weirdness never lets up. 
It remains one of the oddest but most original titles I've ever played. 34 years on, it's hard to make head or tail of, but that's why I love it. 10 out of 10. Wow. He did love it. Jed Byrne writes, I'm playing this game for the first time and it fascinates me. This was the game written by Imagine's Bandersnatch team, Denton Designs. Remember Bandersnatch, Aaron? You just oh, talked yes. about that weeks yeah, ago on ARG. Yeah. And the ambition of that mega game has carried over. The big problem, of course, was memory. How do you fit it all into just 48K? The answer is to just use a couple screens that only differ in little details, like the color of the front door, and it works. The game is about escaping the mundanity of the suburbs with their endless rows of identical mass-produced homes, so it's thematically true. So is the way that people escaped back in the 80s. So everybody was on drugs. Mm. You don't physically leave. Instead, you go around popping pills and then disappearing into strange, abstract spaces. Clearly a metaphor for um, the vivid imagination of the young. I'm not sure why there's a murder mystery. I guess the team had been watching Crime Crime Watch on the BBC. A fascinating piece of 8-bit archaeology, but too repetitive without nostalgia goggles. 7 out of 10. Pajaco6502 writes, I've I've always been aware of this game, but never sat down and actually played it. It takes a little while to get into, and for the first 20, it's pretty much what the heck is going on here. However, after a while, it starts to take shape, and I started making my way around the game. This could have been a pretty good game on the Specky, but sadly, the mini games are quite random and not exactly easy to play. It's not quite up there with the Mel Croucher style of weird games, but it's certainly in that ballpark. But the hour or so I spent playing it left me intrigued enough to want to go back to it in the Not terrible, not awesome. Six out of ten. Z9K9 writes, my favorite kind of story in games is that which involves your own story or journey of discovery. This game kept me guessing and puzzling in fascination at how well it fit together right to the end. The challenge of the arcade action eventually wears off, and the checklist of systematic actions required to win the game is slightly too vague to reasonably complete without external help, but they are buried. With its bracing pop art style and real-world symbolism, the game constantly gestures towards bigger things beyond the sum of its parts, as they say. I was immersed for a couple days unfurling the Narnia. Unfurling the Narnia, Aaron, of unexpected wonders behind every nondescript-looking door and object. And I loved it. Boy, I I haven't unfurled the Narnia in a while. My God, we get it. (laughs) Jigglebox, finally. Our final review, Frankie writes... I have spent some time with this and watched a walkthrough online. It oozes quality and is clearly very well programmed. Unfortunately, it's really not for me now and probably wouldn't have been back in the day either. I could imagine it being quite rewarding if you invest the time. So if you like mapping and logging clues, then give it a go. If not, you may come away disappointed. That's it, Aaron. Those are the Discord reviews for Frankie Goes to Hollywood. You know, we mentioned both that this came out in a couple of systems. And so I thought it'd be fun to have a quick look over here at the uh, C64 version side-by-side side with the ZX. Uh, the, I think the C64 uh, version of this is more renowned mm-hmm. uh, than the, uh, than the uh, version for the ZX. And I will say there's a, a, a quality uptick in terms yeah. of, the, of the visuals on there. And I did hear the audio was really good, too. 
But I mean, it looks like it more, you know, it looks like the same basic bear. More or less the same game. Just with yeah, a graphical upgrade. Yeah. Looks like it moves a little bit quicker. Yeah. Uh, but- I do like the fact that they have named the, uh, they've named the, um, the rooms. There are the mini game rooms. Uh, that's always something that I enjoy. But uh, it looks like, you know, if, if you if you can only play one, maybe go with the C64 version in, the, in this case. But the ZX Spectrum version, of course, charming in its own way. And I will say, I've not tried the Amstrad version, so that might make me want to explore. Uh, mm-hmm. Lastly, Bo, to take it to the house here, I looked this up on the old eBay. Uh, there were three of these that had sold recently, three or four. They were all over the map, everywhere, everything from 3 bucks up to 27 and $39. This came in one of those uh, patented like tape boxes. You've got a couple mm-hmm. of those because this had two tapes in it, you know. Right. And so it's an actual box. As far as I could see, there was it was a bit. It was just you know one of the bigger boxes for tapes. There were a couple selling right now, but they were uh, fishing uh, for fifty three or twenty seven U S dollars. Uh, if you're interested, this would not be the worst thing to pick up if for any other reason because you're getting Frankie's live remix of Relax. Pretty yeah, cool. yeah, and and this is I'm sure one of these games that uh, appeals to the non gamer set because there's I'm sure there's tons of Frankie fans out there that want to have every bit of merchandise that they can uh, with that with their mugs on it. So uh, yeah, might be right, yeah, right. I don't think fifty bucks is too bad for for the complete package. Mm. Um, now, Aaron, before we leave, um, I do want to thank all of the fine folks that make Clive's Club possible. Uh, first of all, we want to thank our uh, Clive's Club members. This is uh, Richard Goulstone, Paul Harrington, McChessers, Jed Byrne, Justin Tenpot Gamer, and Orc Meal. They are the members of our Patreon community that actually suggest and nominate and vote on the games that we play every week. So uh, if you're interested in joining Clive's Club, uh, then head on over to patreon.com slash amigos, or I'm sorry, <laughs> slash Iris Sinclair. I was on autopilot there. <laughs> patreon.com slash Iris Sinclair. And we also want to thank our Iris Sinclair supporters, Chartel, Shashi Das, Jigglebox, David Terrace, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Captain Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Hermski, Peter Mulholland, Chris Folds, Gary Heather, Mark Durham, Mitsuyama, and Pixels at Dawn, all of whom are helping us reach our goal of making our Sinclair a weekly program. And if you're interested in listening to us review a different ZX Spectrum game each and every week, then uh, yeah, throw a couple bucks our way and help us reach that goal. That's the only way we could ever dent the massive library of the ZX Spectrum. man. You know, I have I did the official count on New I Year's Day. That, my yeah. new, one of my New Year's resolutions was to cat or was to catalog each and every ZX Spectrum game in my collection, each and every cassette that we've we've received over the years, Aaron. And at last count, of course, uh, through the Amigo Secret Santa, I actually got a bunch more from Rushi. So right now, our collection right now is standing at 238 cassettes, Aaron. Those are our original cassettes. Yeah. Outstanding. Well done. The biggest private collection this in this part of West Virginia, certainly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So next time, Aaron, on the next episode of Our Sinclair, we're going to be taking a look at Gregory Loses His Clock. Boom. Is that that's the whole name? The boom. That's the name of it. Gregory loses his clock. This was picked by boss man Paul Harrington and voted on by the members of Flies Club. Yeah. All right, we'll do it, by God. That's right. We'll do it. And we will see you next time. But until then, rewind tape. And press play.